This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome to Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew. We're here with Spencer as we bring you another preview podcast for the World Cup, this time covering groups G and H. Um, Huge groups here. A lot of fun. A lot of surprises we're going to have, just to tease it a little bit for you there. But uh, Spencer, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Andrew. Um, The final group previews here, the final two groups we're going to get into today and have you guys all prepared for the knockout rounds later on. Yeah, the heavy hitters in this uh in these two groups here in G, we've got both Brazil, Serbia, Cameroon a little bit more open after that, but doesn't get to be more of a heavy hitter at the World Cup than Brazil. And then in group H, we've got uh Uruguay, Ghana, Korea and and Portugal who have uh, absolutely been in the news here. Spencer, what are we going to do with Mr. Ronaldo? Now, we got a little bit to uh talk about with Portugal, man. We teased there early in the week that we would uh kind of address this Ronaldo Piers Morgan craziness on this pot a bit. And let's just uh, dive into it real quick. Andrew, this guy is, uh, he's something uh, he's, he, uh, what's the right way to put it? A drama he's, queen. I believe that's what we call it in the States. When it's like, he's just, yeah. Like, I mean, want to call him like a team cancer or anything else like that, because that's the other thing that they call this person in the States in an American yeah. sport. Right. But like, he's, he basically took like the all-star break off, right? If you want to use the American analogy and right before playing with his country in the most recognizable world sport, he was like, every one of my team's a jerk. They're all hate me. I'm not going to retreat this manager with any respect if they're not going to treat me with any respect. And he's 38 years old and just like for you, especially for Manchester United, arguably not the best. Like he doesn't fit their system very well. Like objectively. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's really funny. I heard, um, I listened to the Guardian podcast today, Andrew, and they talked about, could you imagine oh, yeah. if like another guy like would sit here and complain about the same things Ronaldo's bringing up? Who they mentioned? They mentioned Jed Spence. They're like, what if Jed's tomorrow on Piers Morgan, Jed Spence about his lack of playing time at Tottenham? It's just, I get it, man. Nobody likes to not play. Dennis Zacharia on lack of playing <laughs> time. Like, what are we talking about? Arthur Mello frustrated with Jurgen Klopp but like yeah man I I get it you get it like I I do understand like it's got to be frustrating to be at a place and be like a player of his quality of what he's accomplished and all and it's it's frustrating too I'm sure it's hard for him to grasp the fact that he's not that super elite player that he used to be anymore and yeah it's he's he's struggling to adapt to that world his new reality but like come on man at some point like most guys that in most sports, I'd say that kind of realize that they're not in their glory days anymore. They adapt into these good team glue guys a lot of the time. And even though they might struggle with right. a little bit of their insecurities or something about how their career is going near the end, um, they're good teammates. And this guy's just 
scorches the entire earth right before like a world cup that could be huge in cementing his legacy man and it's just it it, none of it makes sense to me the timing's all (laughs) off it's i guess it makes sense in the fact that nothing surprises me with cristiano ronaldo but right you think even for him it seems like portugal's very important to him and it wouldn't seem like like today it came out he was at training and he's like getting a super cold handshake from um his teammate bruno fernandez and i saw yeah, and I, and I saw him and Cancelo was like not not a very rosy exchange either. But like the thing that kills it for me is like, what have you lost in this last six months you've been with United, Ronaldo? You've lost nothing. You're still going to be starting for the Portuguese team, right? There are people who change teams in the off season, and then they don't get the respect of their home country, right? For when it comes to com- when it comes time for these call ups, like you didn't lose anything. You're still going to be starting at the number nine for Portugal. You still can basically have everybody on your side here if you're going to put goals in the back of the net but like why do what you're doing i don't know man. i just i just i just don't understand the timing's all off if i'm like a just a fan of portugal like man united aside well i'm sure this will come up there's going to be fallout from this whole thing we'll we'll get into the more man united side of it when um we dive back into the premier league here at like the end of december but from Portugal, like if I'm a Portugal fan, like this just sucks. Like, man, just shut up. Just shut up. Do this later. Like, come on, don't bring your drama to this camp. Right before we open a camp, you're gonna do all this. The World Cup is stressful enough, man. They they don't need this right now. But alas, we'll uh we'll get into their prospects despite this when we get into that group. But uh what do you say, Andrew? Let's throw it over. Let's talk about these two groups. Dive into Group G first, and then we'll get into H, and we'll we'll tell you what we think about this Portugal group, Portugal in this group, and see what happens with them. But what do you say, Andrew? You want to move along and get to that? Yeah, uh, Spencer, why don't you get get us started with uh, Brazil here in Group G? I'm I'm a lover of this next group too, man. They um, we've got a, a huge team in Brazil, obviously, um, and then I think we've got like kind of the same as the last group, like. Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon, I think they're all pretty good too. So like um let's yeah, go ahead run, and dive into it. This is yeah, one of run mine. Run it, man. This is one of mine. I'll uh let's just start at the top, man. Let's start with Brazil. And um what's not to like about Chiche's man men um at this tournament, man. They they've lost like one game in the last two years. It was to Argentina in the uh Copa America final. We referenced that last pod, but that was a one nil loss, I believe, and that's it, man. Otherwise, they've been sensational. They they come into this tournament as the betting favorites. Um, their form of late, I, skipping ahead a bit, but like their form of late, man, I you can't ask for anything much better. They no. they probably are on the best form of any team in this tournament. Like they've been annihilating everybody yeah. they've played. They, they like annihilated care, literally Argentina, but yeah, anyone else in this tournament. Yes. They're... Yeah. But I but like <laughs> even last, cause that was like last summer, like the last year they just like, they annihilated Tunisia. They had annihilated South Korea. Like I like four, I'm talking like four and five nil in the last like couple months. So like this team is just flying. It's firing on all cylinders. And when you look at the key players, like, I mean, I subjectively picked three guys, but you could name almost any of the 26 and they would start for most teams at this World Cup. Uh, I went with Neymar, Vinicius Jr. And um, in the midfield, I mean, I mean, this was where I was really like, I want to pick a midfielder, but which one am I going to go for? I said, I guess Casemiro. He's pretty good at this whole winning thing. Um, <laughs> 
And when you look at the team, like injury-wise, they're they're coming into this tournament really healthy. Like Diego Carlos, the center back that's now at Villa, like he may have been on this team, but there's a solid chance he didn't make this team. Um, right. Yeah, Arthur true. Mello at Liverpool's been hurt, but like again, I don't. There's a very good chance he, he didn't make this team. He was not making this team. Let me uh, let me yeah. not, let me spoil it. Like that guy was not playing at the level of these other guys. Exactly, and that's that's my point. Is like uh, those those are injuries of guys that were in the pool, but yeah, they're probably not making this team. They probably make most teams at this World Cup, but not this stacked Brazil side. Um, the only guy that really made the team that's struggling a little bit is uh, Richarlison, who's been dealing with an injury of late. But um, he's I think he played recently for Tottenham, so uh, it was a calf injury. But he seems to be coming back from that a bit, and um, that'd be like the one concern of a guy in there. But they come in relatively healthy, man, and with basically the same team that had a historic run in Conimbal qualifying. Like they topped the group, and they was never really particularly close. Um, as far as play style. I mean, it's it's Brazil, man. There's lots of flair and creativity in this team. They're going to have the majority of the ball against pretty much anybody they play. And um, they're going to give opponents very little. Um, they're really strong in defense, a lot stronger. I, I think in years past, we've maybe looked at Brazil and been like, yeah, that attack and that midfield look great. But like that back line looks a little bit vulnerable. Um. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case this time. Um, that that said, I, I guess when I did look ahead at weaknesses, and this was probably the hardest team I had in like addressing a weakness for them and like really nitpicking. Um, they have like these random kind of no show performances sometimes where they just look kind of out of whack, but. I think I've said that about a couple of top teams. It's just kind of a once in a while they they seem to just not be at it. I, I I don't really see that being an issue at this tournament because I think they're going to be very fired up for this. Um, maybe a potential issue, and not to shit on your guy, but uh, Tiago Silva. I knew, it. I knew it was the only thing we had, and that's only <laughs> in the fact that this team is going to play such like a high pressing style. That Tiago Silva, if, if it's my understanding, is they probably play Marquinhos with Tiago Silva. I would probably prefer Militao in there, personally. I think he's really, really good at the whole defending thing. But um, it's typically been Tiago Silva they've leaned towards, which great um, veteran presence, a very smart player. But maybe if they get a team that's really fast like he's he's not the paciest guy maybe they can find some weaknesses there another team potentially but man i'm not gonna lie to you like there's there's a lot to like and not so much to be worried about with this brazil outfit this year i guess i see what you're saying because you're it's such an elite squad at every position like if you have to pick on one you know I guess you pick on the old guy, even though Nicholas Otamendi, your boy from city got a pretty free pass earlier in the Argentina uh, part of this podcast. But Thiago Silva has been the only player for Chelsea playing at a very high level this entire time. Um, I seriously, I don't think there's anybody I'd rather see. And I didn't feel this way before he played for Chelsea two years ago. So I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but as somebody who's watched him play and see like all the other things he brings to the game, like he's, 
the quintessential like captain and everything else I I think you would want for a team like this, right? He's, you know, he's kind of the guy that's going to be out there like crying during the national anthem because of how much it means to him. And I think you need that kind of on a team with superstars like that. He's been in and out of the Brazilian lineup there, but um, I, I think you got to play him. I think you got to play him. Yeah, I, I, and it's not really a slide at Thiago Silva, honestly. It really isn't. I really do rate him as a player, and for almost every team at this tournament, I'm yeah. like, yeah, Thiago Silva's your starting center back. That's amazing. When It's more to say, like, I really think Eder Militao is an amazing center back, and I think that sure. he's a better fit, potentially, for what they want to do. And like I've kind of prefaced this whole thing, you are really, really diving into the weeds to find any weakness with this Brazil team. They're the betting favorite for they're the betting favorite for a reason. They are just full of world class players, and I think in my at least adult soccer fandom lifetime, it's probably the most dangerous Brazil outfit I've seen going into World Cup. There's always been maybe a thing or two you could pick apart with brazil they always had that like flair and attacking and stuff but you could look at like the defense and be a little worried but not this year there's i I guess i picked on that as their weakness but for most teams if you looked at what they had you'd call it a strength well and and that kind of bleeds right into my burning question because you're right they have so much talent everywhere on the field they're well coached they've been playing incredible there's no real obvious place if you were going against brazil how, where would you attack them? Where would you, how would you try to beat Brazil if you had a similarly talented team? Um, so if I'm a Argentina or a Germany or a France, a team that on paper can kind Match of yep. bring similar to a similar lineup to the party, um, I think your best chance is to probably frustrate them. You're going to need a tactical masterclass kind of from your manager and um, frustrate them, hit them kind of on the counter. Cause I think if you're looking at this team, I would take this team toe to toe on any given day against almost any team in this tournament, but it only takes one great masterclass and that's knockout football, man. So We'll uh, see how far I have them going in these predictions. Spoiler alert, I do have them getting out of this group, but yeah, we'll... Um, Bold. Bold. We'll, we'll, I know, hot take there. I, I've had a lot of hot takes in this one, including that one for Qatar and but, Brazil? Oh my goodness. I don't know, the <laughs> madness. But, uh, uh, let's, let's, move on, let's move on in this group. Um, Brazil, I, you can only say so many good things about them. Um, I've got them pretty comfortably getting through. Um, but that would leave another spot up for grabs. And the first contender for that spot's going to be Cameroon, Andrew. Um, Rigoberto Song is the manager of Cameroon. And they've got yeah, some but- players. They've got some players that you will recognize. That's not, this, is, this isn't nobody's with this team. Um, Andre Onana, the keeper from Inter, going to be between the sticks for them. Andre Frank Zambo and Guisa of Napoli, the midfielder, is a having a great season for them. So looking decent them there. And um perpetually always at a really good club at the bat as the backup striker, Eric Maxime 
Chupo Motang. Chupo Motang. <laughs> just always at PSG or Bayern, Bayern, just right behind the main striker, just kind of collecting paychecks on the bench and always looking good when he's called upon, um, except yep. for when he plays for Stoke and he does nothing. So I don't understand, but <laughs> it seems to work. Um, this is he's, a team that's he's also... The, he's the epitome of the uh, rainy day away at Stoke. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> But um, he's this is a squad that like there's not the greatest amount of talent there. There's some recognizable names, but they do come into this tournament. Um, I couldn't find any injuries. This is the only team I couldn't find like anything on. Like everybody seems to be fit. Nobody seems to be missing. All the guys there seem like they're not dealing with any nagging things. So that's a big plus for them. Um, and this is a team that's got to the World Cup in the first place by defeating Algeria, which is, I think, a team that most of us, when we look at African teams, we would rate I- Algeria pretty high on that list, would we not? Like, that's Riyad Mahrez and some amongst other guys that are, like, pretty darn good for that team. So a bit of a surprise there. They actually lost their home fixture against Algeria, one nothing, and then went uh, away and won 2-1. So one on away goals, which is a little bit more impressive, I would say, to qualify in that style um typically in african competition this team is pressed very very aggressively um almost a chaotic style uh is how i would summarize it um four three three is typically employed um but sometimes against like the higher class op- opposition they busted out a four four two and been a little bit less chaotic a little bit more organized but this is a, typically a team that's um not changing their game plan too much and their uh, agents of chaos on the pitch kind of is a good way to put it. I think um, because of that though, uh, a, I would say this defensive line is pretty suspect at best. There's not really any names that really strike you with a lot of confidence in this back line. Um, and when they've gone against like the higher class opponents, they, the press has been a little bit less effective and they've been really vulnerable to like counterattacks and just being kind of picked apart in general. Um, that said, kind of that's how their form has been of late. They've been really unconvincing lately. Um, they had a really bad, like some really, I, I would say some of the worst losses of like any team coming into this, like they lost to Equatorial Guinea, who's ranked like two hundredths or something, I think in Yikes. the world, man, like, not a good look leading up to this. They also lost to South Korea, who's at least a lot more respectable going to be at this tournament. Um, and all their wins have been over, like, just really... I mean, I mean, they lost Equatorial Guinea, but teams kind of of that class of, like, lower bottom half hundred teams and stuff. So they don't really have anything that's really inspiring a ton of confidence in them coming in, but they've shown in knockout football in the past, like to pull out some weird results. Um, there's a bit of drama with the team I read too. Like just, um, some guys from the Federation criticizing things. The manager's a bit of a enigma. It seems like, so I don't know. It's a, it's a team that like, I feel like not a lot of people know about, but like I was reading about it and I was like, man, there's a lot of interesting storylines here. It's, it's, it's a, if you get a chance, um, I'm going to try to just limit it here. So we're not going crazy long on them, but if you get a chance and you want to like read about a team and you're just like, well, this is just pure chaos. I would read about Cameroon a bit more, but, um, you have any thoughts on them, Andrew? Yeah, man. Uh, chaotic in the press and then also literally chaotic in the press. I I love that kind of, you know, (laughs) 
bow you put on that there. That's that's beautiful. Um, yeah, they're they're a very like. I feel like some a lot of times on the on like the African team, sometimes you end up with like a lot of high end talent, but not a lot of it, right? Um, I think it's a pretty well rounded squad, kind of from that. Like they have kind of solid players everywhere. It's not so starstruck, but I guess kind of my burning question would be like do you think Cameroon will be able to press in their traditional way to any success in this group? Or do you think they're going to have to really adapt here to, to find any success? So I think when you look at it, just um, from the other teams, right? Brazil, you wouldn't expect really anybody to pick anything up off of Brazil in this group. Mm-hmm. I think that, they they could take a hammering. They could take a hiding against Brazil, which yes. is gonna even if they could <laughs> pick up a result somewhere else. Like I don't know if you if you lose a five or six nil to Brazil and your goal difference gets tanked, that might be enough to sink them. Um, right. Honestly, my con- my concern with Cameroon is gonna be that they just tactically might not be sophisticated enough to hang out with these teams because um, I don't want to get into the other two just quite yet, but like Switzerland's always pretty good at tournaments. Yes. Serbia's had some really good results of lately. They're kind of on a bit of a golden generation there. Yeah, I think Cameroon's going to have some problems in this group just because tactically they haven't shown themselves to be very versatile. And yeah, it's a, it's a group of teams that could definitely pose problems for them. Um. All right. Yeah. Then I guess the only other question I'd have for you about Cameroon and maybe, I believe this is one of our last African teams is do you think uh, which African team do you think will get the farthest in the tournament here? Is that we've not yet predicted a lot of success for the ones we've come across is kind of why I'm asking. Yeah. Africa's had a tough go of it here, man, for us. Um, I, man, um, we've got, I think one more, there's, there's Ghana in the last group too. Um, True. Yeah. I I don't, (laughs) have Cameroon being the most successful of the African teams. Okay. And um, overall, I would just say that I, I don't know, man, I like Senegal. We, I already I said what I team. said about them. They're, they're the pick of the litter, man. And just uh, not having Sadio Mane really sucks for them, man. They're, I, I think they're just, they, this tournament's coming at the wrong time for them. Right. Um, I, 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 I don't have a ton of confidence in I'm, – I'm not buying what uh, Africa's selling right now, if I'm honest. Um, but uh, I yeah. I have some okay feelings about Ghana, but we'll get to that when we get to that in the next part. Okay. Um, all right. The uh, So that brings us to kind of the rest of the group here. We've got uh, Serbia and Switzerland. Where do you want to go, bud? Uh, let's start in Serbia first. And I think that – this is a really fascinating team to me with some somewhat difficult names to pronounce, but I think I can get through this one, Andrew. Uh, they're managed by Dragan Stojkovic, Got who it. is a Serbian, if you couldn't tell by the name. And uh, they've got some really good players, man. This is a pretty good Serbian side compared to maybe what you would think. There's got a lot of like guys that are in big teams in Europe. Like Alexander Mitrovic is the big guy um probably maybe their most crucial player from Fulham he's been in fantastic form this year if there wasn't this big Norwegian guy from Manchester City just scoring goals for fun we'd be talking about this guy a lot lot more I think Mm -hmm. um 
he has been dealing with an ankle injury for a while now. Um, ankle and foot, I believe, also. I think Victor Lindelof, uh, sorry about that, Serbia. I think he kicked him in the foot, like in their Nations League game a while back, and he's kind of been in and out for Fulham lately. Uh, so that's a big concern for them. They need him at 100% to really reach their potential, I think. But that said, they've got like some other guys behind him. Like Dusan Blahovic from Juve is also Serbian, another really good striker. Yeah. He's been uh, dealing with a bit of an adductor injury, but he made the squad and he's been playing a bit lately. So he's a little more positive of prognosis than Mitrovic. Um, but they have some other key guys too. Dusan Tadic from IX at the 10 should be like the big creative crux in this team. And further back in the midfield, you'll see more of a holding role for like Sergei Milinkovic Savage from Lazio, who I feel like's always been linked with the Premier League and other big teams. And he just keeps doing it at Lazio, man. Just keeps staying there and doing it and doing the damn thing because he is a great player. And they actually got to this tournament. They finished top of their group in uh, UEFA qualifying ahead of Portugal. Um, so they had a really impressive qualification run. They play a pretty direct attacking style. Like, um, this is not a tiki taka like a Spain. This is a we have big, massive forwards who are going to win headers in the air. Uh, they're not afraid to go a route one at times, just get it into those guys and let them do their thing. Um, but yeah, the goals, they score a lot of them and they'll score them a lot of different ways. I, they're not going to be married to one certain form of offense necessarily crosses shots from out wide headers into the box set pieces. They do a little bit of everything. Um, they typically been running three at the back. Uh, they, they typically it's either a three, four, one, two or a three, four, two, one. It's, it's just a matter of if they're getting two strikers up top or not, but pretty consistent on the formations. Otherwise uh, the defense leaves a bit to be desired. That midfield's pretty solid. So if you can get through it though, uh, not a, not the greatest, most inspiring set of center backs and wing backs, but not the worst either. There's definitely worst outfits in this tournament defensively. They sometimes beat themselves in spite of scoring a lot of goals. They'll looking through their fixtures, you see a lot of like three twos, four threes, stuff like that. So they're fun games to watch. I, I Serbia is on. I would suggest turning it on, and they come in in really good form. They battered my beloved Sweden recently in Stockholm 4-1, I believe was the score. Um, so that was great. Uh, beat Norway and the aforementioned Norwegian meat child, Erling Holland, <laughs> And they beat Slovenia recently. So this is a team that comes into the tournament flying pretty high, and they got to feel pretty decent about what they're throwing out there. Yeah, I, I'm really... Pretty impressed. It's like a group that once you put it on paper, you're like, oh, wait, I guess Luka Jovic is Serbian and was like a Real Madrid bot player like a couple years ago. And like, we haven't even talked about him. They have like a third forward that would start for most other teams um, that need a forward, I guess. Anyways, I don't think of him that well, but just like as an example of like, oh, much more quality than you talk about here. Um, Milinkovic Savage is absolutely like a really good settling presence kind of at the base of that midfield. Um Kind of brings me to my my big question here is you've got the forwards, right? Um, you've got Malinkovic Savage kind of providing the stability in the midfield. 
Kentadic, and then I think the other guy I would want to bring up is Philip Kostic. Provide enough like inventive attacking like offense through the midfield and up the flanks to really make this a great offensive threat in the group stages. I do believe so. I, I think that obviously Brazil is a tall task for any team, but I think that they do have enough creative talent to get the ball to their really dangerous strikers. I think this is a team that's got it, if they don't beat themselves necessarily. Um, by giving up too many goals, I think this is a team that's got a really good chance to get out of this group because um, they're going to score. It's, it's just a matter of scoring more than their opponent does. And on paper, at least, I would say they have an okay chance at doing that. Love it, man. Let's uh, let's talk about the Swiss, round out the group here. So I would describe the Swiss as like the kind of anti-Serbia. <laughs> they're They're... <laughs> They're managed by Murat Yakin, a Swiss man himself, and um, this is more of a "Hey, we want to beat you one nothing two one" type outfit. And to be fair to them, they're not as bleak as some of the other teams we mentioned that like to do that, like a Saudi Arabia or a Tunisia come to mind. Um, and it's been effective for them, man. They obviously beat France at the last Euros, knocked them out. Um, and it's with a core of guys that we're pretty familiar with. Grant Jaka at Arsenal in the midfield. Jan Sommer of Mooch and Gladback between the sticks. Um, I decided, like I said, super subjective on these key players. I did not go for uh, Jordan Shakiri. We'll get into him a bit in a second. Chicago Fire um, legend. <laughs> Chicago Fire something, Jordan Shakiri. But uh, I decided to go with Briel and Bolo, a little bit of a younger, new attacking flair there. Not necessarily new, but he's more at Monaco he's looked better of late and he's kind of more embedded himself into this Swiss side I think he's an important player for them if they're going to do well at this tournament um injury wise there are some concerns here Jan Sommer in particular like you remember how amazing he was in that aforementioned game against France um he had an ankle injury and there was actually a serious doubt of him making the squad but he is there uh if you want somebody on the pitch to have an ankle injury it's probably your keeper (laughs) at least it's the guy that's moving around a little less but still um he's important for this team and he's gonna be called upon so not an ideal circumstance for them for sure and a bit of to amplify that they're like pretty clear-cut number two choice Yvonne Movogo of uh, Lorient in France He's going to miss this tournament completely with a thigh injury. So top keeper, I mean, they're obviously very well entrenched top keeper. He's at least not completely fit, it seems. And the guy who would back him up won't even be there. So it's going to be summer. I'm pretty confident in that. But just what percentage is he at? We're just not quite sure. But um, they top group C in qualifying ahead of Italy, who, as we mentioned, not going to be here. But still, nonetheless, defending European champions, a solid squad. Mm-hmm. And um, as I kind of got into, they're pretty stout defensive side. They're going to try to frustrate you. They're going to grind out close results. Uh, typically, they're going to run a 4-2-3 or 1, but they've used a 4-4-2. Four, four, if they're going against maybe like a Cameroon, they might run a 4-3-3. Three, three. They've used it a bit in the past against like lower European outfits in qualifying when they're a bit more favored, but we'll see. 
maybe with the like press of Cameroon, they won't opt for something like that. So that's a little bit of an interesting one in that fixture, I think. Mm-hmm. As far as weaknesses, um, playmaking and goals are just a bit of a concern. Um, you know, we, we talked about Grant Jaka a second ago. He's a very good defensive midfielder, but not necessarily a like playmaker, even though he's been very good for Arsenal this year. I don't think that he's your main playmaking force. You're going to feel too great about that. A guy like Jordan Shakiri has not been good since he came to MLS for Chicago fire. <laughs> uh, and he's been a guy that's been so instrumental to everything good for Switzerland in the last 10 or so years, at least. So that's a bit of a concern. Also, um, their striker, the guy who's been their typical striker and Harris Seferovic is at Galatasaray right now and he's not playing so well either. So there's some guys that have been important to this team in the past that aren't in the best form that are maybe in the twilights of their careers. And you wonder if there's guys that can naturally step in and make a statement in their kind of absence. I think those guys very it's quite possible those guys still feature for this team, but it'll be interesting to see if they can either find their form in a short amount of time or if they can find somebody else to kind of replace them. But um, form-wise, coming into this, it's been okay. Um, they won against Spain and against Portugal semi-recently, but they also, by that same Portugal, Portugal got hammered for nothing, and we'll talk about Portugal in the next group, but Portugal's a bit of an uneven side in themselves, so... You don't know how much to read into that. They also got upset by the Czech Republic recently, so it's a bit interesting, a little bit of a mixed bag. But yeah, Switzerland's an interesting team, man. Uh, they've they've made noise in the past. Can they again? I, I don't know. It's a, there's some concerns there, but there's still things to like. What, where do you fall in Switzerland? Um, it, it's one of those teams that I wasn't high on. Kind of a, not until you started talking, but like you start talking, you pull up the roster, not one of my teams to cover. And then even then, like you're talking about Jan Summer, who was incredible, right? Absolutely like a linchpin for them. They're still their third string goalkeeper, even missing uh, Mavundu, the other guy you had, is the starting goalkeeper for Borussia Dortmund, right? Gregor Koble, like not a bad option. And that's kind of the, how I felt about them all over the pitch is like, yeah, we worry about them in attack. And then I start scrolling down here and I'm like, oh, but Ruben Vargas is pretty good for Augsburg. And Noah Okafor, I think, can actually play. He's like a young guy for them. Um, 22. He's He played good. Uh, Salzburg was in Chelsea's uh, Champions League group, and I was always pretty impressed with what with what he brought. So I think if they can get one or two of those guys to step up in, in front of that really stout defensive team here, I, I think could be kind of a uh, – kind of the formula here but um my my question here the burning question is like what does switzerland need to do to replicate their success at the euros like what is the specific thing they need to do right to kind of fight their way through this group because it's not an easy group i think um to tackle that question i i think i anticipate them the, the thing they most need to do is beast out defensively um which i think they will be like brazil fixture aside I think they will be pretty difficult to break down I think that's pretty ingrained in their DNA Um, the thing that I think is the key is can they find offense in addition to that and um, I think it might be a bit of a struggle like unless Jordan Security can kind of like turn back the clock along with Seferovic like I mentioned um, 
you know, it's it's harder to see where the goals come from than in years past. I think a guy like Breland Bolo, like I said, I think that's mm-hmm. a huge, huge player for them in this tournament because he's a guy who has been in better form than those guys at Monaco. And they are going to need probably somebody who hasn't in tournaments past step up for them and help them bag a couple goals to get out of this group. I, I think weirdly this group might come down to who Brazil thrashes the least um, based on current form and getting out of this on the goal differential. But uh, kind of bringing us to that, Spencer, who do you got taking us out of the group here? Are we, are we in agreement? So I think, um, am I wrong in assuming that you're going to have Brazil at the top as well yeah, with me? With, with a bullet nailed on. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel very good about Brazil winning this group. Um I'm going to move to the bottom then just to build the suspense a little bit. I have Cameroon at the bottom of this group. I just think tactically they're just not going to be at it with some of these teams. Um, Like I said, I think they can take a battering against Brazil. I think they could take a battering against Serbia too. Like that if they, if they play an open style against Serbia, the Serbian team can score too. Um, So I I think that's going to, tamper any success they can kind of have here and i think that uh, switzerland could quite possibly overrun they could be in for a tough group here yeah I, I i agree with you i had cameroon at the bottom as well um i feel like kind of a tough draw for them i feel like in another group that wasn't so solid all the way through they could have really pressed and maybe made some uh some chaos but um yeah i've i've got i've got cameroon at the bottom here um you want to take us through who you got getting out of this group with brazil so I do like both of these teams, Serbia and Switzerland, and I really had to think about this a bit, and I think you really, when you're nitpicking between two th- two teams, it kind of came down to, I think both of these teams lose against Brazil. I think these teams play out to a draw against each other, and um, I think they both beat Cameroon. So that put them both on four points. That said, I think that Serbia will have a superior goal difference because I think that they will quite possibly score more against Cameroon. So I'm going to go Serbia second and Switzerland third by a hair. How about you, Andrew? I, I got kind of the inverse of that. I think it came down. I got uh, Switzerland getting through in Serbia, and it's because I thought they were least likely to lose by three or four to Brazil. Right, kind of the thing where I was talking about, like, yeah, if the goal difference is going to matter, I think Serbia is more likely to beat up on Cameroon. I agree with you there, but if it's for you know, if if it's Brazil, Serbia, you know, if it's Brazil for Serbia, Serbia zero or Serbia one, I think that's infinitely more likely than like two nil Switzerland, right, versus Brazil. So I think in the same way, I kind of thought it going the same as you. I just came to the other conclusion. Yeah, I um, I, I definitely see that point. I think that. Serbia is potentially open to get more battered by Brazil. I think it's really going to be, it's going to come down to, I think one or two goals. Cause I, I really see it playing out that way. And it's just like, whose goal difference is going to be just a little bit better than the <laughs> others. I, I like both these teams quite a bit. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think close at the very end, but I'm going to go Serbia by a whisker over Switzerland at this tournament. Agree to disagree, man. And that'll kind of take us into our, um final group group h um we've got portugal ghana south korea and uruguay here um 
Take me through it, Andrew. Where, where are we starting? Who do you want me to know about first? Because I think this group is fascinating, too. No, I, I agree. Um, I'm going to start with Portugal. Um, manager is Fernando Santos. And starting with the Cristiano Ronaldo of it all, uh, for all the insanity that is Ronaldo at United right now, it's hard to argue he won't be motivated and at his best for Portugal like he usually is in the World Cup. First, this is his best chance to showcase he still has it and worth someone coming to pick him up in January, as long as it's not Chelsea. And second, this is a team that is stacked with talent at the end as he enters his fifth World Cup. Um, I don't know how far that's going to get him. They do have some um, a lot of talented players. They also have some injuries there, but we'll start with the key players they got. Cristiano Ronaldo, João Felix, Rafael Leal, Ruben Neves, Vitinha, Bernardo Silva, João Cancelo, Pepe, and Ruben Diaz at the back. Um, they are going to miss out on Diogo Jota, Pedro Neto, and Ricardo Pereira, so they're not quite at full strength here. Um, and that kind of goes into how they're kind of coming into this. They are, after winning the Euros in 2016, they've gone out in the round of this in the round of 16 in both the Euros and the World Cup since then. So. They've been good enough to qualify for this World Cup, right? They've been good enough to get out of their group. But since that 2016, you know, Ronaldo masterclass kind of, right? It hasn't been the same. And I think that's he's switched teams, it seems like, three times since then. And um, it's kind of been the rise of these other players, right? Bernardo Silva went from a, you know, a good player with Manchester City to very widely regarded as one of, like, I think, one of the top 10 players in the world. I don't think you'll argue with me there. And I don't think Jao Cancelo is, is far behind. I think he's one of the best at his position um, in the world level. So it's going to be kind of up to um, whether this attack can, can one deal with Ronaldo being Ronaldo, right? Being a superstar, not wanting to always be in the press. He's usually much more up for that. Those type of things with Portugal. Um, but it's going to be whether he can kind of lead guys like, Rafael Leao and Vitinha into being productive um, members of this team, right? And really, really pushing Portugal forward. That's going to be the thing that comes down to whether, how successful Portugal is going to be in this tournament. So like the weird thing about Portugal to me um, is when I look at this team, like on paper, I, this team should be at the level of like a France of a Germany yes. dare I even say like they should be in that top group with like even an Ar Argentina and Brazil. Um, this is an extremely talented roster. Um, and just leading kind of into my question is like, why do you think this hasn't meshed so well? Like they didn't, I just said they um, didn't win their qualifying group. They lost to Serbia in that group. Right. They just, they're, they're so uneven. What, what do you think's the reason that this team's not meshing and not really having the sustained success since that 2016 Euro win? Because even then, if you remember back to the, like a lot of these guys that are kind of world-class players were young guys on that team. So it was almost right. like they won on the a title. Yeah. They won it. They won a title like early on in the, uh, there was, there was a lot of older guys in that team too, but some of these younger guys were like coming in. Like a Renato Sanchez was there. I remember that was that tournament right. where he, he really put himself he doesn't on even the map. Make, he doesn't even make the squad. Right. right. So I, I think kind of to your point there, there's been so much going on with, with the individual players at this team, right. That it's kind of bled over into, 
um, everyone's performance with the national team, right? We talked about Ronaldo. He's switched teams. It feels like three, four times since then, causing major problems, even just heading into this tournament. But, you know, noisy leaving Juve, noisy leaving everywhere, right? Causing problems, drama. And then even like you go to like Zhao Felix, who was like, you know, a, an absolute rising star at that tournament, right? People thought he was going to be the next guy out of Portugal. He's had all these back and forth with Atletico Madrid and he likes playing there and he doesn't like playing there and he's not playing there very often. He's playing there occasionally. Like he's had all these kind of back and forth with them. Um, you bring up Renato Sanchez, which is a great point. Like I think everybody who saw that tournament and went, oh, Renato, Renato Sanchez is like the next big midfielder, right? Big, fast, strong, plays the ball well, good in attack, good in defense. And he's really just been in and out of different teams. And, like, I kind of – I hope he figures it out. I've always thought he was a very good player. But, like, they haven't had any stability with their thing. The only the only guy kind of not affected by these are the guys at, at your uh, your squad there, PSG. Ruben Diaz has been an absolute rocket ship towards being one of the top defenders in the world. And, you know, Bernardo Silver's turned into one of the best, like, attacking midfielders in the world, right? Winger, whatever you want to call him. But – everybody else has had a lot of just ups and downs and ups and downs, and they can never quite get everybody on the same wavelength, which I do think, I do think matters, right? You got to have everybody together pushing forward. That's what makes this Brazil team so special, right? You have all these guys at different points of their career, really pushing forward where you've kind of got all these talented players for Portugal doing different stuff. Yeah. And I think just kind of goes to show um, this, like, whole Cristiano Ronaldo thing we touched on in the last podcast so I don't want to dive in too deep but it just seems like for a guy that could probably really use a world cup to like really cement his legacy is he's one of the best players of all time but it would really really put him into that super elite class of like the best one or two players ever um, it seems like a weird time to just like scorch the earth. I get it. You're not happy with your club, but the timing just seemed weird with that. One last note on them. I just thought with the Renato, Renato Sanchez thing, it was just like weird to see him not in this squad. Cause after that 2016 Euro, he had like a really bad few years. Like I remember he was at like Swansea for a minute and stuff. Like, yeah, but he, but he could yeah, but he kind of figured it out. And then just to not even yeah, see that, him run here was like, wow. Like Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like he's at PSG was. again. I I think it was at uh it was at Lille uh, last year that he kind of reestablished yeah. himself. So like he reestablished himself. He looks good again. Moved to PSG, who's obviously not a minnow in this uh club football world. So I was really surprised not to see him, but we'll we'll, we'll see how they move on without him, but um Speaking of moving on, let's uh, move on to the next team in this group. Who you want to go into next, Andrew? Um, well, I think we just roll alphabetical here. We got, um, well, after Portugal, I guess we'll start going alphabetical. But I got uh, Ghana. Um, their manager is Otto Otto. So it's O-T-T-O and then A-D-D-O. Tongue twister. Not actually tough to say, but tough to say and keep straight in your head. Um the Ghanaian national team did not want to put out their official roster through uh, before like noon today. So that was fun. Um, but they have not made the world cup since going out on the group stage in 2014. Um, and in the 2021 Africa cup of nations, they went out again in the group stage. So this is one of the teams weirdly flying. And, and again, you think of them as like a traditional African power. They could not be coming into this in a worse way. Right. Especially at like big tournaments where, I always think of them as like coming up pretty big and like being a thorn in the USA side. So I know that's partly 
because I think of it in the USA centric way, but like, Oh man, man, do I not want to see Ghana in our group? They're always a tough out. They've not even made it out of the group stage in, in, you know, a long time. Um, their new coach, Otto Otto, thinks this is um, like kind of creates an environment of no pressure. So basically, he's trying to spin this as like, yeah, we've been really bad, but like because we've been so bad, there's no pressure here. And we got kind of all these new guys coming up, and it's going to be great. Um, kind of like a free hit type of thing, just it's a free yeah. hit at this tournament. Yeah, I don't know that I buy it. I read a couple different quotes where he said that, and I was like, you're kind of saying it too much, right? If you said it once, it'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. But he said it a couple different places, and I was like, uh, Maybe you're getting ready to say that this isn't going to go so well. Um, they do have a talented squad there. They've got um, Thomas Partey, Mohamed Kundis, um, who's a young player for IX. They're a really good attacking player. Tariq Lamptey, um, an English guy who has chosen to represent Ghana. Mohamed Salisu, the Southampton center back. Um, Inyaki Williams. Um, and then the kind of the stalwarts of the team I think of as uh, Andre and Jordan Ayew. Um their weakness has been that they have, to be honest, they just have not played well. Um, and I, I don't know that they will continue to play well. They were able to qualify for the tournament. They kind of limped in on that, but um, they just do not have a great run. And then they don't have, I don't, I, I was, I was more impressed with looking into it like Cameroon and Senegal and a lot of those other teams that were able to qualify out of Africa. And I was kind of surprised that Ghana got here. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I, where I leave it there. I don't mind their individual players. I think they have some skill. Um, I feel like I've seen Jordan Ayu and, uh, Andre Ayu both kind of muck up a game and turn it into a, you know, be kind of a rough and tumble duo there that can kind of muck up a game, but, um, haven't loved what I've seen from the side here. Yeah. So my big, my big thing on Ghana would be like, um, something, at least from afar, I feel like what Otto Otto has done quite well is convince guys to declare for Ghana. Yeah. Like, um, cause I know Naki Williams was representing Spain for a while and they got, he got him to jump. Lamptey is another one you mentioned. I believe him and IU was representing, had declared it for England at some point. I didn't, but when he wasn't featuring, he was able to get him to switch to Ghana. Mm-hmm. I could be incorrect about that one, but that sounds right to me. But um, that kind of leads into my big question about them, I guess, is... Just real quick, uh, I did forget to mention, Callum Hudson-Odoi had previously been told, convinced to play for Ghana, and then has since like recently recanted because he still thinks he has a chance to play for England. So, sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just like, oh, you brought that up, and I was like, that was the thing I was forgetting. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, because that'd be a guy that'd be huge for them at this tournament, right. but he could be at the uh, World Cup right now if he wanted to be, he chose not. To right. Be. Right. But that's kind of just leading into the question I have about them is like, is this influx of these dual nationals that they've been able to bring in? Does that make them a bit of a sleeper? Like, is this a more talented team than people are realizing? I think it could be. I don't know that this is the tournament for, for that to all gel together here. Um, Right. By the time the the next Africa Cup of Nations comes around or something else like that. Right. They add a few more guys. They kind of fill out the roster here and of. uh, Of, you know, players of Ghanaian descent. Right. That can play for them. But while it's impressive, they've been able to bring in so many of them. I just don't know that it's going to 
formalize into anything real productive this time. Fair enough. I they're an interesting squad. You look at the squad and you know it's like oh they have him they have him that's interesting. But maybe just a bit. Maybe the chemistry is not there. A lot of it just feels new. Maybe they're not gelling yet, but we'll see. Um, this is a group that I think's maybe a bit open, but uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Who do you got next, Andrew? Um, we will take it down to uh, Paulo Bento and his South Korean side. Um, this is one of those teams, again, it's almost a uh, a Gareth Bale situation where they have this one great attacking player in Hyunmin Sung, um, he does come into the come in with a bit of a question mark here as he had recently had, I believe it was orbital bone surgery on his eye. Um, so I think that's kind of where a lot of this comes from is how, how to feel about the team is, is he going to be able to play? Is he not going to be able to play? Um, he made the roster, so that's good. I do think they have some otherwise pretty good attacking talent. They have, Kangin Lee, they have uh, uh, Huang He Chang. Um, so I think they could put together kind of a fun attacking group in that way. Um, but the key to <clears throat> they have to rely on their star to turn the game. Um, and then they have to also turn back to kind of they're just a very like historically very tactically disciplined side, right? They're great with um, being organized, pressing when they need to, doing whatever, sticking to the game plan, right? Um, very similar to Japan in that way, right? But South Korea has this incredible player, right? Whereas Japan needs to do it more as a collective group. Um, but I think the main thing for them is going to be whether they can actually finish in the box because they play kind of a more um, possession-based style system, um, especially compared to other like smaller countries like them. So I don't know if they're going to be able to make that work in the uh, World Cup. They absolutely have before. But with the question mark kind of hanging over um, Sonny at this point, I'm not exactly sure how far they're going to be able to go and get out of this group. Yeah, that's going to transition right into my big question for this team because I don't want to be, you know, belittling to the other guys in this team. They do have some nice pieces, some okay pieces. Mm -hmm. But this team, uh, my feeling is that this team goes as far as – Kungman son can take them and if he's not at 100 percent, i guess would you feel the same way that this team can this team make any noise if they don't have a full health good form um Kungman son because like you got to remember too even before the injury like he had a really bad run of form to start the season i know he had that hat trick off the bench in like 13 minutes mm-hmm. which wasn't sensational but he, it's been uh not the greatest of seasons for him despite the injury. So does this team really have a chance if they don't have a in form and 100% young men's son? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's absolutely the big question for this. Cause the short answer to that is, is no, right. he's such a vital part of their team. And I do think that he, he's well, you know, run a form at Tottenham has been up and down and he's been injured and stuff like that. He has in my mind, always shown up for the national team right I feel like he's always at least played well in big games and and really been part of it whether it shows up on the stat line or not he leads that team from the front right he's part of the press he's running down every ball I think of that that goal in uh oh man whatever the the world cup there where he you know it's a it's almost like 
throwaway ball, right? They're just kind of clearing it, but he runs it all the way down the field, right? Um, really showing off in his incredible speed and everything like that. If they're going it was to, against Germany, I believe. At the thank last you. Yeah, I, I I wanted to say Uruguay, and I knew that was just the team I had next, so I knew it wasn't right. Um, thank you for bailing me out there. But uh, yeah, I I just don't think even with like Sonny needs to really put on another world class performance. If he's anything other than a hundred percent and a superstar, they're gonna have a very hard time. Yeah, we're going to have to see. Um, I think it helps maybe that it's like a facial injury, that it's not yeah. a muscle or something. Maybe he can still be as effective with like a mask or something, but it's it's going to be interesting. I just struggle to see this team going any further than he takes them. But um, let's uh, get to the last team of all these previews, Andrew. You just mentioned them. They were on your mind, not for being scored against by Hungman's son. Uruguay. Maybe, maybe. Could it could have just been predicting it. Um Oh, it could be coming. But, but uh, uh yeah, what just, do you what do you got on this team? This is this is yeah, traditionally no. like a, a sticky team at the World Cups. They always seem I, to just be I got there and they're about in the round of sixteen. Like what 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 do we think they're looking I, like this year? I love this Uruguay team. The fact that they basically just ran it back with their manager, Diego Alonso, and was like, yep, we're still bringing in Luis Suarez. We're still bringing in Edison Cavani. We're still bringing in Martin Caceres. We're still bringing in Fernando Muslera and Diego Diego Godin, even though they're all already over the age of 34, is is insane. I love it, right? Just bringing back all those guys. And I know that's you know partly out of necessity. They don't necessarily have the guys to replace them. But like Luis Suarez should be at the World Cup, right? He's there. He's creating mischief. He's creating all sorts of havoc, right? Um, I totally expect to see him do something insane and play. And he's actually done well for them in qualifying. He's scored, um, he scored a bunch of goals from them. A lot of them are from the penalty spot, right? So not exactly open play. He doesn't have the speed or anything like he used to. But um, if they can be there to kind of like even just master the dark arts, right, and show like Darwin Nunez. Uh, Ronald Araujo, and then my favorite, Fede Valverde. Um, if they can kind of set the the tone for the younger guys, right, and then you have uh, good players like, like Rodrigo Betancourt and Jose Jimenez, right, there's kind of actually a nice group in there. It's a very old group at the top, especially by the names, but you, it's kind of a well-rounded, like, yep, we have the older group. We have this middle-aged group, right, with Betancourt and uh, Jose Jimenez, who are going to keep playing for a cup. You know, they probably have at least one more World Cup in them, right, if they can qualify. And then you have Darwin Nunez and uh, Ronald Araujo and Fede Valverde. They have a guy, you know, defender, striker, and midfield. They have a guy at each level who can kind of keep this thing going. I Once I started looking at the roster, I actually really started to like this team. Um, there is some injury concern with Ronald Araujo. Um just because he has been injured with Barcelona. He was still put on the roster for the for the tournament here. And to be honest, even if he's not playing every game or not exactly fit, you can still go with Diego Godin and uh, Jose Jimenez, who's absolutely been a, a center back pairing that you can put out there before, right? Um, in the... Finishing in the quarterfinals at the most recent World Cup in Copa America... Um, it will be up to the relatively new manager to mix in the stars and the golden generation. Um, but I'll be honest, man, I, there's a lot of fun guys on this team. I, I really like them. I like them to do well here. Yeah. I think, um, just tracking back a little bit, I'm with you, just something about like Luis Suarez at like a world cup just feels right to me. Like that, that, that 2010 world cup, man, like that's, 
<laughs> that that World Cup for him, like it was just sensational, man. That that was like the bite year and the the handball hand against was oh was it against God. Ghana, I believe. Like that's one of the best. Yeah. I, I was watching that game live. That was like oh one of the God. best games I've ever seen in my life. Like I, that was probably like actually one of the games that made me fall in love with football or soccer. I, I just, I was watching that game and it's just like, this is madness. The handball, the penalty save, they went in the shootout. Oh my God, what a play. But there's just something right about Luis Suarez at the world cup. But um, building off of that, there's obviously, like you said, Luis Suarez, Godin, these stalwarts that have been here for this team in the past in deep runs. But um, you kind of mentioned it. There's a, like there's an influx of new talent, like Fede Valverde at the very top of that, obviously. Arujo, if he's fit enough to play, um, Darwin Nunez. Like there's um there's there's a lot of new talent in this team, and I guess my big question would be: Is that new talent combined with these old stalwarts who have been there and done it before? Is this enough for? Are, are we kind of ignoring Uruguay making like a sneaky long run in this tournament, like something in 2010? I, I think that's kind of their, their MO, right? Cause you think about it, like Betancourt and Jimenez would have been the young guys at those tournaments. Right. So as much as you want to think of it as like a, a golden generation, right. For Uruguay, which it very much is having that much elite talent. Like, I don't know that they're going anywhere in South America, man. I think it's easy to kind of write them off as like, Oh, this is their last go around. Like, this Suarez is going to be on this team when he's 42. It's like, no, I, I, I think they got a lot of talent here. I'm sure there's a group underneath them. That's ready to go for it, man. I really like this Uruguay team. Yeah. I can tell they're you how a, much uh, I like them in about a minute. <laughs> well, they're, they're a factory of football, man. They just keep chugging guys out, even though they're a small country in South America, population wise, to like these powerhouses, like Brazil and Argentina. It makes like me pound feel so for pound. Paraguay. Like you're right there. Uh, yeah, right. the same name. You just got well, yeah. When you, when you set like the precedent of like what Uruguay's done with like a smaller population, you look at teams like, I don't know, like Bolivia and like Paraguay down there, and Peru. And you're just like, come on. Even guys, Chile to an extent. You're just like Chile even. Yeah. Uruguay's got a factory going down there, man. I don't know. For sure. They always have been, and they're just, they're a great tournament team. Um, let's just, let's go right into the predictions with them. I've, I've got them one. Do you feel the same way? You I got them one. On. I was, I was, I was hoping, uh, I was hoping to kind of get the glory for that there, but I got Uruguay one, man. Um, I'm in step I with you on that one, man. Going. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, they, um, they, they, I, I think that, Man, Fede Valverde. I know you uh, sing his praises oh, all the time, but that's my guy. I, I think I think he's a, just a huge X factor on this team. He's something that they kind of haven't had the last little bit on this team. Um, Darwin Nunez. I criticize him at times. I criticize him at times, but man, just uh, having a guy like that, uh, a new influx of like talent at that striker position to maybe play off of Luis Suarez or possibly even in front of him and use Suarez as a bench guy. Um, and Cavani's still on the team, man. Like, And Cavani's still there I too, man. I haven't thought about Edison Cavani for a minute, and he's just like, oh, yeah. I actually double-checked when I pulled this roster to make sure it wasn't like an old roster or something. I was like, really, all these guys still? I, I love it running back for – it's basically they're putting together one more heist, man, and I hope they can steal first place in this group. Who do you got second? I um I'm not bold enough on this one. I I still have Portugal advancing. I've got Portugal at number two. Yeah, I, I I've got Portugal as well here. Still a very talented side, and I I think these two teams, 
Uruguay and Portugal kind of lucked out with the rest of the group, right? This would have been a group that's very ripe for the picking with a different third place group. But yeah, I've got, I've got concerns about Portugal for sure, but um, I think they'll have enough to get past the South Korea's and the Ghana's in this group. How else do you have this rounding out just to finish it off before we get into our knockout round predictions? Knockout round predictions. Um, I, I've got Korea finishing third, just basically on the strength of human song. And then I do have Ghana rounding it out there. I, um, I've gone ahead and gone for Ghana third in this. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a bit worried about Korea sons, not all the way out. I put them fourth. I also, you know, have, not giving given like any African teams any love. I just can't put every African team fourth. I decided so um, them in Tunisia are going to be like the shining lights for Africa finishing third in their groups for me. So, Oh, I think I've seen Oh no, sorry. This is uh, not my bracket. I have Senegal last. That's right. So yeah, I'm going to go give me Ghana ahead of Korea and hmm. yeah. Sorry, Africa tough tournament for you guys. I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's really after, I don't know. I, I feel like that Senegal team with a healthy Sadio Mane, I know I would have been all about. And well, and yeah. Mendy and Mendy and Kolobali, but they've been playing so bad for Chelsea that. Yeah, we've it gotten into fun. it. It's a shame, but it is the way that the cookie crumbles sometimes for you. So that is Group G and H here. Uh, Spencer again. Serbia? Serbia? I believe in the boys, Andrew. This is a golden generation for the Serbs, and and they all I trust him, man. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I believe in him. I believe in the power of Alexander Mitrovic. He will carry Serbia through this group, Andrew. I, I can't wait till like Vlahovic plays more of the minutes or something like that. Just and I hope they have the same you know amount of success. But I'll know in my heart that it's by it's bothering you a little bit just because it's not your boy Mitrovic. At least I'll be halfway right. And and at this point, we'll take halfway right, man. Um, I've got uh, Brazil and Switzerland working their way out of that group. I've got Brazil going through with uh, flying colors and Switzerland. I just have them as kind of a more defensive side where you went with the more offensive Serbian side. Um, where after we talk about Group H, we will get into the knockout round of this. So we'll see exactly how much you believe in the Serbians. But Group H, um, another one where we agreed. I thought I was going to have kind of a surprise pick here with Uruguay taking it out and Portugal finishing second, but you followed me there. Hey, you aren't the only one, buddy, with a love affair with Federico Valverde. Uh, I'm a I big not fan be, of him as well. I may not be the only one, but I absolutely have dibs, especially between you and I. That is true. All right, fine. I'll, I'll give you dibs, Andrew, but uh, I'm riding the Fede wagon. I uh, I got them topping that one. I'm right there with you. We're in step in that group, man, and that's it's kind of crazy just you know eight groups and there's only two of them that were like yeah this is the way these two are going like we're we're all kind of over the place and you just said we're gonna like dive into it here because now we got the knockout round predictions coming up who the who do we think is gonna actually win this whole damn thing andrew yeah so the just to let you guys know the way that's gonna kind of work is i've set up my own bracket based on how i think these teams are gonna set up spencer set up his own bracket there so we're gonna kind of work you through both of our um we'll go round by round here kind of work it on uh that way um but that way we'll kind of you guys can see where we have everybody going here 
I'm so excited, Andrew. Let's just let's let's stop with the foreplay. Let's just get into it. Let's let's see who we got actually going. Who who are your dark horses? Who are your chalk favorites? Who's winning this thing? Who's lifting a trophy? Who's the best player? Who's winning the golden boot? Let's just dive into it, Andrew. What do you say? All right, Spencer. So we have gone through every group in near painstaking levels of uh, depth there. Time to get into the knockout round. In your first knockout round, we have the Netherlands versus the USA. Who do you got? This pains me. This pains me, Andrew, because boy, do I want to pick the USA. And uh, we'll get into it at the bottom of this. If the U.S. can find a way to win their group, I think they have a chance to make a real run. But I think the Netherlands is just too much for the USA. I got to go with the Dutch in that one. And the U.S. will exit in the round of 16 respectfully. I think that's a solid tournament for them if they go out to a team like the Dutch. Absolutely. Fair result there. Um, I, I don't know that I feel any differently, but we'll keep running through yours here. Um, in the next In the next round, we have Argentina versus France. Maybe the game, the early game of the tournament here. What a fixture, right? And I think that this will be France's punishment for not finishing top of the group to Denmark. Um, I picked Denmark to win that group. I think France pays the piper for this, and I think Argentina wins that fixture. World Cup winners knocked out in the round of 16 here for Spencer. We go That'd be on. back to back. Bad tournaments for France, too. Oh, Happened yeah, last the Euros at uh, Switzerland. So predicting more bad times for France. But uh, World Cup four years ago, I think the media might not get over it. But uh, a lot of more glory than most countries will ever see in the World Cup. So they yeah. should sleep well at night still. We're probably not going to get a sweet uh, France song then again. It's going to be a huge problem for me. Um, all right, moving on. We got... Germany and Croatia continuing in the round of 16 here. So um, you did talk me into Croatia earlier to even get to this point. Uh, that said, I think that Germany is just going to have too much Cro- for Croatia. Give me Germany winning that fixture. All right. Seems fair. I was able to get to get at least talking into Croatia out this far. But here we have another heavyweight round here, Brazil and Portugal. Who do we like to take on Germany in the next round? A battle between the conquerors and the conquerees of South the America. Port- yeah, uh, conquistadors. It's a way better way to put it. But uh, Portugal conquered Brazil back in the day, obviously. But uh, they will not conquer Brazil at this tournament. I think Brazil, this this might be an ugly result for Portugal if this fixture does come to fruition. This might be a bit of a battering. I think Brazil's just got way too much for Portugal at this point, at least in the current state the Portuguese team is in. Viva la revolucion. Uh, in a shocking, surprising game here, we have England versus Qatar. Spencer, I know how much you hate England. Tell us how much. Not enough <laughs> to pick against him. Uh, Qatar, if if they make it to this point, it's a great tournament for them. And this is where I referenced um, if the U.S. can somehow win their group. I I think um, any of of those three teams in that group, even if it's not Qatar, if it is a weekend Senegal and an Ecuador, the U.S. has a solid chance in that fixture. So Group B is going to be really important. Um, England's going to move on in this one. And um, 
you know, well, the next fixture I have is Denmark, Poland. And I, I think, well, I'll, I'll pick that first, but you know, that's a favorable for England too. They continue getting good paths at tournaments. So, um, Let's go ahead should, and keep moving should, it on. We should have just retroactively given that better path to the U.S. Just go back <laughs> and change what we think. It'd be nice. Uh, but speaking of which, we've got Denmark and Poland. Who do you like to take on England in the next round? I definitely like the Danes in this one. Poland's looked good, okay. but um, I think That's Denmark's sneaky, group, yeah. a sneaky contender in this tournament, man. And I think um, they're just going to be too much for the Polish. Lewandowski yeah. goes home. They keep it rolling here with the uh, with the Danes. Um, bottom bracket here, we've got Belgium and Japan for Spencer here coming out of that. A group. rematch. Remember that game at the last World Cup between these two was sensational. Um, Absolutely. I think that we have a chance for another sensational fixture here. Game? Is this the Carrasco he, game? Is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. one of the better World Cup games in recent memory. Ever. So. Um, yeah, so I think we have a chance for a rematch there. Uh, Japan, I've sang their praises, obviously, to even get them to this point, but I think Belgium's too much for them. I think Belgium's got one more solid tournament in them. I'm picking Belgium in this fixture. All good things, Japan, must come to an end. Finally, we've got Uruguay and Serbia to take on KDB in the next round. So this one... Um, Sneaky kind of like nice fixture, I think. I would definitely watch this game if it does come to fruition. Any games uh, you're not watching? That's a good up. point. That's a good point, <laughs> but I'm, I'm more marking this one since they're going to be like in the middle of the day for us a lot of the time. This is when I'm definitely um, slacking off a bit to find time to watch somehow or at least keep tabs of if I'm at work. But alas, um, I'm really into this Uruguay team, man. But I'm also really into this Serbia team, and I don't know. I just uh, I got a feeling about this Serbia team, man. I'm picking them the to Serbs move on. Move on for Spencer here. Um, golly, I think that's man. a pretty tasty round of sixteen, man. There's some it's crazy a fixtures tasty in round there. of sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of chalk up top, and we get to the bottom, and we uh, we don't have as much chalk. <laughs> And then, you know, there's a lot of like crazy matchups and then, you know, England gets Qatar because it's England, a major tournament and they only get, you know, fucking, you gotta stop, you gotta stop doing them so many favors. man. They only get hand fed tickets to like the semifinals in these tournaments. So it, I don't no know. Mistake. But... Spencer is the person who gave England this run. This is only Spencer's <laughs> but, opinion. But let's move on to your round of 16, man. You All gotta, right. we, we got the same fixture to start Netherlands versus the USA. Are you bolder than me? Do the US do it? Does Greg Bearhalter in some nice pair of retro Jordans just take out the Dutch? No, and and I really hate the the Dutch matchup for the USA. I just think like Frankie De Jong, you got good solid center backs and I I just worry that this is going to be the game where they can't quite get it done. Um I I do say a respectful like good tournament, good job guys, but out in the round of 16 to Netherlands. It might be one of those things where if I could take if you could promise it to me today, I might take you up. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think at the end of the day, um, we'd we'd be disappointed still, but pretty happy. Can. It's like I think we can beat the Dutch, right? It's not Brazil. It's not one of these teams where we'd line up and go, "Well, let's let's keep it close, boys." Like I I can see where we could do it. I wasn't ballsy enough to pick it, but uh, but I I did go with the Netherlands. Here. The problem is, I think um, for the U.S. to really make a run in this tournament, they have to probably find a way to win their group. 
because when I, I look at your bracket as we move ahead here, like this side of the bracket is just so difficult, even if they did find a way to break the, du- like beat to the Dutch. Argentina's in this side of the bracket. Uh, Brazil's in this side of the bracket. It's going to be such a difficult path. So um, the U.S. somehow does sneak out to their group. I, we might be looking at like a really, really fun tournament. But yeah, if it does play out this way, the way we both have it, um, I think we're pretty happy at the end of the day. Um, even if they do somehow beat the Dutch and then go out to one of those bigger teams, I don't want to oh, get ahead. I think yours, we'd be not happy make your with that. Them. It's just just hard to hundred uh, percent. But um, hard to look at. But. Yeah, I, I think that just the top half of the bracket. It's just uh, kind of like the Belgium thing we were talking about. Even if you beat one of these teams, there's another superpower right behind it. So alas, um, we we bid adieu to our beloved United States, each of us in the round of sixteen. But your next fixture is Argentina versus Denmark, which I think is a tasty, tasty fixture. Uh, maybe not Argentina, France, but uh, who are you picking in this one, Andrew? Um, kind of, kind of two different opposite teams. Like historically, like Denmark's got all this midfield, solid midfield and tall back line, and Argentina does not have those things. But they've got you know this great attack and everything else. I do give it to Argentina. I think Argentina goes through here. Um, kind of a tough break for Denmark because I think, like you said, if they get a different role here, they might have a good chance to move on. But um, I, I don't see them beating Argentina on their day. Fair enough. I don't have um, too many arguments with that. I really like this Denmark team, but I really like this Argentina team too. So we'll get to that in the rest of my predictions. Uh, Spain versus Croatia is your next fixture on the docket. Who you got getting out of this one? I've got Spain. I've, I think I'm just going to – I really love their midfield. I love I love the experience of that team. Um, I hate to see them take out Croatia, another one of my favorite teams. That might be like the best midfield – matchup right in the tournament here like if you just look at it from a midfield perspective i know i'm a sucker for the midfield but like um maybe like kind of a passing of the torch here from uh uh from luka modric to pedri as the new uh maestro of the midfield here that'll be a very good matchup in that midfield for sure um lots of storylines in that one like you're kind of getting at but um their opponent in the next round will be one of Brazil and Portugal, the same fixture I had. I went Brazil here. Uh, are you going with me here, or you got Portugal pulling off something special? I, I want Cristiano Ronaldo angry, upset, and alone here. I'm going to go with Brazil. Um, whatever Todd Bowley has to see to not bring that guy to, to London, I'm willing to do at this point. So uh, I got it Brazil, but if you told me uh, Portugal needs to win for him to not come to London, I would pick them in a heartbeat. But I do have Brazil going through here. I think I think they're the most complete team in the tournament right now. Fair, fair. And again, in what I would call something favorable for England, you've got England and Ecuador here in this matchup. Uh, does England bottle this or do they see it through? To, to borrow from from uh, one of my personal heroes, Lee Corso, right? England's got all this depth. They have all this talent, all this expectation, but not so fast, my friend. I've got the other team going through here. Give me Ecuador. Give me Ecuador beating England at their own game. Moises Sacedo, they're painting murals of him in Ecuador. Give me the Ecuadorians. I love that. I love that so much. I wish I was bold enough, but like Qatar, I just can't do it with Qatar. Well, but you man, picked I Qatar. That, that was you. Just wanted to be bold early. I was, I had the long game. You talked me into you. Listen, man, you're bringing up Casado, Stupinian. I'm just like, whew, 
Gonzalo Plata. I love it. Give me some sauce. I love uh, that. I would love to see England go home in the round of 16 to a team like Ecuador. That would bring me so much joy for a couple of days of just listening to English podcasts, <laughs> losing their minds. I would, I would love it. Um, Ecuador's reward. I, I, I damn well <laughs> might have to. Ecuador's <laughs> reward for beating England is going to be one of France or Poland in the next uh, round. Who do you have facing them in those quarterfinals? I'm, I'm going to take the French here. Um, I think Poland's kind of a pretty good matchup for them um, all over the field. I, I mean, Lewandowski might be the best player, but, you know, between Benzema and Mbappe, I don't know that Poland can generate enough firepower unless Lewandowski wants to have the tournament of his life. Fair enough. Belgium, Germany, Andrew, this is tasty, and I, I'm dying to hear which way you go in this game. Tasty, tasty, tasty. So... Love this Belgian team. I went with the Germans here. Um, I think when you start thinking about that, like a lot, we've talked so much about the German attack, but that German midfield of Kimmich and Goretzka, right? I think they can do a pretty good job of maybe more than a lot of teams here of boxing KDB in a little bit. I'm going to give it to Germany here. I, I think they can generate goals, but I like that for like a sneaky like game of the tournament type thing. Yeah, it's a really tasty fixture on paper um it would be another tough one for belgium to just get to the round of 16 i know i, I hate i hate i hate doing it to him the way the bracket broke i was like oh yeah belgium just needs a couple of breaks here and then i didn't give them one <laughs> yeah and it might be tough for the belgians but um we'll see i i would love to watch that fixture for sure even if it did knock them out early um last up you got uruguay versus switzerland you were just singing the praises of uruguay do you stick with them do you have them top in this fixture I you have this continue to sing the praises of your uruguay i think that's a really nice matchup for uruguay they don't really necessarily have to go up against one of these top top teams switzerland's very tough to beat on their day but um if you look at the match or the match above them it's like who would you rather play belgium germany or switzerland it's like i don't think anybody's taken uh Belgium or Germany if Switzerland's on the table. So I like the way that that breaks down for him. Give me Uruguay. I like it, Andrew. So that's our round of 16 in each. Let's move along to the quarterfinals, shall we? Yes, sir. In your I'll, – uh, I'll take it here. In your top matchup in the quarterfinals, I have the Netherlands versus Argentina. What are we thinking here, buddy? I think this Dutch team's really good, Andrew, but – um. I can't pick them to beat the um, Argentines. I think Leo Messi's really fired up for this tournament. I think just having a bit of pressure off with a trophy in the bank, I, I think that Argentina is going to make a run to the semifinals here. All right, moving down to, an, well, a rematch of one of the most, I don't know, I'd call it traumatic games for the Brazilians in the history of their sport, but we have... Germany versus Brazil with Brazil as the favorite. That's never gone poorly for them before, right? Uh, I don't recall. I think there was this fixture maybe. <laughs> was it in Brazil? Like no, six, it couldn't have been on home one, soil. Something on like home that. soil seems insane. Uh, it's a fixture that has haunted a game that's haunted Brazilians for the last eight years since it happened, that fateful day. And they've stood on it long enough. They get revenge in this fixture. They revenge? beat the Germans. 
for the Brazilians. They beat the Germans and they move on to the semifinals, which I won't get too ahead, but that means Argentina Brazil semifinal. <laughs> semifinal. Moving on, we got England and Denmark. Maybe your one of your favorite teams versus your absolute least favorite team. Are you going to continue to create your own problem? <sighs> Another rematch. This was a <laughs> semifinal at the Euros this past tournament. And man, I want to pick Denmark here. I really do, but I just, I don't know. The English, they just have this thing, man. And you can say that I'm going to keep manifesting this terrible scenario for myself, but I, I have to go the English here. I just think they have a little bit more than Denmark. But again, man, these, these past the English are getting, it's crazy to me. I'm sure it's one of those things where you'd love nothing would make you happier than being wrong, right? Um, For sure. And then, kind of to uh, to round it out, I think we are on the bottom here. Yes, um, Belgium and Serbia. Does the dream continue for your Serbians? I struggle with this one because I really like this Serbia team, but I've sat here and said that if Belgium could just get an easier path, like they, I have Japan and then Serbia with a ticket to the semifinals against a, I think possibly vulnerable England, um, that'd be really advantageous for Belgium. Like I said, I, I think if they've had easier paths in the past, they might have a trophy under their belt. But the Serbian dream lives on, Andrew. The Serbia Serbian is going to a semifinal. Lives on. The pride of Fulham outside of, you know, Tim Ream and uh, like a top three Fulham guy. You know, dream lives on for Alexander Mitrovic. What a story the Serbians here. I sincerely apologize to Kevin De Bruyne. I, I hate to do it, but Kevin, I'm sorry. Um, you can come and you can win the Champions League. You can come win the Champions League with Manchester at City. Ma- and Madrid, maybe, yeah, he's going to have to go. Um, maybe erase some of the sorrow. But nonetheless, <laughs> that is my semifinal. Andrew, let's see what you got shaken. Netherlands, Argentina. I had this fixture. I went Argentina. You going the same as me or you got the I Dutch? Damn, it's time to continue the Leo Messi uh, not farewell to her because God, that makes me sad to think about. Like, we're not going to have these two guys to argue about, but like, you know, we, I, I think it continues here. I think the Dutch are kind of overmatched in this game. I think it's going to be a good game. I think they match up well, but give me like an individual moment of brilliance from Messi to kind of solidify that. I like it. I like it. Um, I have Brazil versus Argentina in the semifinal. You have Brazil versus Spain in this quarterfinal, which is uh, maybe not Brazil-Germany, but that's still a quite tasty fixture. Do the Brazilians get through for you too, or you have this Spanish team getting by? I have got the Spanish team going through Brazil here in a major upset. We talked about earlier we were passing the torch from from Modric to, uh, to Pedri here, and I think Pedri continues to run with it. This is the kind of game where like Ansu Fadi or someone on the wing here is going to have to make a couple of big plays. Um, but I do not think, in all honesty, I do think Brazil's the best team at this tournament, right? But they've been the best team at a lot of tournaments that they don't always take home. So I'm going to give it to the Spanish here. It's never a better time to get the Spanish as an underdog. The favorites are out for Andrew. 
Move along to your bottom half of the bracket. You've got your darling. Mine was Serbia. I had them get into the semifinal. Yours is Ecuador, and they go up against France. Do you have the balls to pick Ecuador to beat France? Well, not all of us had Serbia going through, uh, you know, fragile KDB down here. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, no, I I do think uh, this is where the matchup starts to go very poorly for for them. This has all the feel of, like, a NCAA tournament game where, like, Maybe they make it through the first weekend and they get smacked. I would love to see them come through here, but I am going to go with France. And if I had to go, I'd go big on France there. Fair enough. I can't really argue that too much. Um, The bottom half facing France, it's going to be Germany or Uruguay. Uh, Germany, probably the favorite in that game, but you sung the praises of this Uruguay team. Do you got them going one step further, or you got Germany in this one? We continue to sing for the Uruguayans. We continue to believe in Fede Valverde and the black magic of Luis Suarez. We get the Uruguayans coming through here. Another big run for the Uruguayans in Andrew's book. Uh, so that's your semifinals. That's a tasty t- couple tasty matchups, Andrew. Yeah, man. It's going to be a hell of a tournament here either way. Um, in the top of yours here, December 14th, we've got an absolute crazy game. Maybe I would say easily this is one of those where people sit there and talk about, you know, really this should be the final, right? Just based on merit and how they've got here. But we got Argentina and Brazil. A tale as old as time. Who do you got? This is, if this actually happens, man, this is going <laughs> to be so amazing. I'm with you. I wish this could be the final. Um, I just see it. If they both win their groups, that becomes almost impossible, and I favor them in both their groups. Um, Look, at the end of the day here, these these teams both have really tough paths to the to get to this game. I have Argentina beating France and the Netherlands to get to this game. I have Brazil beating Portugal and Germany to to get to this game. Um, right. These teams are both going to be very hardened at this point of the tournament. I have my difference in this game being that Brazil coming off that massive, you know, vengeance, avenging that seven one against Germany. They come into this game, and they're just a little bit flat. Give me Leo oh, Messi to the no. finals. Oh, Brazilian hearts break again. Leo Messi moving on to the final. And who are they going to face in the final? The absolute cupcake walk for your favorite team, England, or your weird love of Alexander Mitrovic. What is going to go out here? <laughs> remember how i said that the usa could do something really special if they somehow can top this group you did i wanted to be america in this spot so bad because i think i the denmark fixture would be tricky for the u.s but i i think otherwise i would like them in all this ma- on all of these matchups and this matchup included which that said i have to say the Serbian dream dies in the semifinals. England's going to another oh. final, and I'm going to hate every second of it. Dusan Vlahovic crying, just super upset. Oh, Luka Jovic just on the bench, not used as a substitute, just super upset. It will be and traumatizing. Jack Andrew. Grealish into a second final in a row. 
that's your will fault. be traumatizing to watch, but um, I've signed myself up for this now, I guess, and here we are. We're, but we're uh, let's nothing, see who you got. Nothing if not if uh, if not self uh, self injuring on these uh, on these picks here. Brutal. Well, that's the way the cookie I think is going to crumble for my final. Um, let's see about yours. You got in the semifinals, Argentina versus Spain. Uh, not Argentina, Brazil, but this is still a tasty fixture. Um, I have Argentina in the final. Are you riding with me, or you have the Spanish continuing this run? I'm going to have the Spanish continuing this run. I do think this is a sad end for for Leo Messi here. Um, I I just really I really like this Spanish team, man. I really really do. I think they've got a good mix of experience and um of experience and uh and youth. I think they might have the best midfield in the world even if you took out a couple of their players right outside of Croatia, but like I, I just think this Spanish the way I have this going, the Spanish team gets hot. The Spanish team finds it from somebody. They find it from Ansu Fadi. They find it from Jeremy Pino, right? We're coming out of this tournament talking about some some young new Spanish attacker that we're not talking about right now. I don't know who it is, but if it comes out this way, that's that's how this is going to be going. One of us has Spain out in the group stage, and the other one has them in the final. Can't call us. Uh, can't say we're just throwing out the same takes. At least we're different on this pod. Stress, uh, so. stress me, stressed me out to see you do that because I knew what I had. So. <laughs> Didn't love it at the time. All right. Well, Spain in the final. Your other semifinal is going to be France versus Uruguay. Does your boy Fede Valverde have another win in him to take the Uruguayans to the final, or do the French? get to back-to-back World Cup finals with a chance to go back-to-back, Andrew. I I do have France getting through here. Um, as much as I would love to pick Uruguay here, this is where I really think their their age shows, right? It does add up to be a lot of very important, stressful games. I do kind of think they're going to maybe need, like, extra time to get through Germany here, right? Like, I, I was saying, like, that might be, like, the game of the tournament type of thing, right? So I, I do think it's kind of one of these things where France runs into a team where they got to play, you know, Ecuador and they might have beat them by like three or four, right? Whereas, you know, Uruguay had to scrap for everything, and I think it's just a uh, a team with a full tank of reserves versus somebody running on empty. So, unfortunately, here Fede Valverde goes home. And it'll be Spain, France, and all European final for Andrew. And here we uncover Spencer's here. Spencer, you've finally given the English a team to play. Are you <laughs> going to say they can cut rise to the occasion one time here? Or are you going to have them completely striking out and Leo Messi's dream is realized? So there's the swing of emotions here, right? I wouldn't even consider myself the, like, biggest messy guy like i like him as much as the next guy i just i'm not a somebody like that's enamored with him and him getting this world cup but if this is the final and it's leo messi getting a world cup like to get that really cementing moment we talked about with ronaldo like but that cementing moments like really put him in that upper you know class of players ever with like a pele and stuff a world cup title would probably do that for messi and if the alternative to that is watching slabhead Harry Maguire uh, celebrate and lift a trophy, the biggest trophy in world football. The swing of emotions are riding high for me in this game. 
I guess is what I'm getting at long-windedly. And England's had a cupcake to hear. Argentina's been very battle-tested. Argentina's probably banged up at this point. England's probably in better shape, I think. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm worried about it coming missed. home. I'm worried about football coming home to its falsified home, man. Hand of God, I would be shocked if I say if you say what you think you're going to say. Pun intended. But Leo Messi's not going to let that happen to me, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Leo Messi lifts a World Cup. And Argentina, after getting to a final in 2014 and losing, they get to a final this time, and they win this thing. Argentina, my champions, Andrew. Argentina taking it home here. For Eric Dyer tears everywhere. Oh, Eric Dyer was Harry Maguire crying in the crowd. Ah, it will um it will be a beautiful sight. Is Messi gonna have to use his hand? Do you think just probably play by the rules for this one? Argentina final never goes uh without some controversy. I feel as though the path that the English got for me to that final, I, I think Argentina should just be allowed to maybe palm one into the net. But I have Argentina winning regardless. Um, they're my champions. I, I think that they have enough to get it done this time. Um, I, I, I really think at the end of the day um, that Argentina-Brazil fixture is going to be like that marquee fixture at this tournament. And I think whoever wins that game, if it is Brazil, it goes the other way. I, I think that team is going to be the winner of this tournament. So, yeah, it's what I got, though, Andrew. Argentina, if I'm uh, putting my neck out there, I'm putting my neck out there with Argentina this time. Leo Messi gets that World Cup, the elusive World Cup. Let's see about yours, though, man. Spain versus France for um, different reasons. This is a very tasty final, too. It's a France team that's going trying to go back-to-back and a Spain team that's, like I said, I – Although I eliminated them early on in this competition, I, I think long term this team is going to compete. I think they might be in finals of tournaments to come. Uh, I think you're a bit ahead of schedule, but if things click, uh, do you have them getting another World Cup and kicking off this maybe new golden generation with a huge jump start, or does this France team go back to back and cement themselves as one of the best dynasties of all time? We started these group previews talking about the strength of one midfield and then finally that it wouldn't matter a whole lot, right? France was usually going to be able to get by in the midfield, but they're going to come across a midfield absolutely running at the peak of its powers. It's the only possible way we get this far with this Spanish team. I'm going to have Pedri, Gavi, Sergio Busquets, your boy Rodrigo, putting the French national team in an absolute blender. Give me a 2-1 Spanish win, defeating the French in the final. Man, I... One of us is going to look real smart, and one of us is going to look real dumb after these predictions when uh, <laughs> Spain were... We're about as far apart as you can be. I just, I, if, I, if only I had them fourth in the group, we'd be literally as far apart as possible on this, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think you're, you're um, trying to disqualify Spain. Like Spain actually never showed up for their games. They're just they left. I I, left early. I would say my my caveat would be that if they do get on a run like this and they string a couple of victories together, like you're suggesting, and they get some confidence going, yeah, that could be a scary proposition for this team. Um, 
So I, I, I'm I don't playing know, two it's sides. Like I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit here, but I, I can see where you're coming from with this Spain thing. But uh, at the same time, I have them eliminated very early on. So well, we'll see how it, it plays part out. Of it, part of it comes to like, I've been thinking about Spain this way for months. I got pretty decent odds on them, right, months ago. So I've been already building up. I was like, in my head when I looked at it, I was like, when are you ever going to get like plus 2,500 for Spain to win a soccer tournament, right? Like the midfield comes together. The defense is really good. Some young guys emerge. You got a shot here. And I, I, I mean, to say we're talking out of both sides of our mouth is a little bit true. But also I think, I hopefully you think I lay out a good reason why Spain could go this far. And I'm, I, I, I think all your reasoning is justified as well. Once you say it, I go, Oh, do I, I, I do like that actually shoot. Like, you know, if we didn't stick by our guns here, I think you would have talked me into a couple. It's, it's like crazy how we can, I, I think we both have compelling arguments, even though we have them at such like opposite ends of the spectrum, but we'll, we'll see which one plays out. Uh, let's go really quick into like, uh, just a quick couple of awards, golden boot. Uh, who are you golden. feeling for golden boot, Andrew? Golden Boot, if we're going to pretend I know anything at all about soccer, has to be one of the guys at least getting to the uh, the quarterfinals here. Um, I will go with I, – I will go – you know what? Give me Benzema over Mbappe. Give me Benzema for the Golden Boot. If I'm going to have them in the final, they're going to have to score some goals to get there. I think maybe Benzema has a big game against uh, – against Ecuador, right? You know, somebody's going to have like three goals in one of those games, right? So give me uh give me Benzema here. What are, what are you thinking? I think um if I'm going to have Serbia going as far as they're going. <laughs> I think it's going to be it's going to be on the I back. It's going to be Harry Maguire. Alexander <laughs> Mitrovic. I'm going to go Mitrovic, Andrew. I think carrying uh, an injury into the tournament, Spencer 100% believes in it. I love I, that call. I, 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 I love it. Back I, your guy. Back your guy. I, I really think he's. Uh, I think he's phenomenal. When he's been in. When he's been. He's looked so good for Fulham this year, man. He looks in shape. He, like, years past when he's come up from the championship, he's been, like, a little chunkier. He looks, like, in shape. Right. He looks amazing out in the pitch. And. I, I'm I'm gonna back him here, Andrew. I, I think he's gonna have a good tournament. He's gonna help propel Serbia to a semifinal. They'll play in that third place game against um, Brazil. I'd probably fancy Brazil in that fixture, but we're not gonna pick the third place game. But like, that's also no. one of those weird things where Brazil might be so devastated they don't even show up to the game. Like Serbia could yeah. maybe come home from this tournament. I think like with a third place finish would be, which would be a massive, massive victory. It, it would them, absolutely so. mean it would absolutely mean more to them than it would to Brazil, but. Um, following up on that for player of the tournament, Spencer, who do you have? So I think if I'm picking Argentina to win this whole damn thing, I think it would be hard for me to say that the player of the tournament would not end up being Mr. Lionel Messi himself and that he totally caps this off and, at least internationally, kind of rides off into the sunset with oh, yeah. this huge, huge tournament. So I'm, I'm kind of go rooting for your tournament. <laughs> your tournament's very beautiful to me. I, I love it a lot. Um, I love the Leo Messi pick, even if like 
even if they don't win the final, he could win that, right? Like if he absolutely is killing it or something else like that, I feel like nine times out of 10, it goes to somebody who wins the final. Right. But you know, that's, that's a good, that's a great pick. I love that pick. Who do you got, Andrew? What are you? I, I gotta go I mean, Pedri, man. If I was going to say, you're going, <laughs> if you're going I Spain, I, I would have a hard time not seeing it be Pedri. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you got to dance with who brought you at this point. And it's one of those things like, um, you, you know, this from many a uh, March, tur- March madness tournament, once the games start, I barely care what I predicted. I'd love to be right and have everybody talking about how good I did at this. But once the games actually start, I easily fall in love with a team I'm watching play. I very easily am, you know, will grow to hate a team I don't like, right? Like, once the tournament actually starts, I just, I'm all for it, right? I'd love to, I'd love to do this. I'd love to make a couple of bucks doing it. But, like, it's just about the soccer, man. About some football. I'd imagine uh I didn't even pick one, but like, you know, if you're going Pedri for player of the tournament, I imagine he probably wins young player of the tournament for you too. I didn't even pick one. I don't even, do you have to be under 20, under 21? Is it like a hard and fast rule? But like, if you're making your debut at 23, are you just like fucked? Like, oh, tough shit. Like, it's kind of what I'm saying. So uh, this could age terribly, um, but I'm not looking up the rules because we're getting late here, and I'm just going to throw out a name of a guy that's young that's going to be in the quarterfinal or the semifinals for me. I'm going to just say Vinicius. He's like 22, I believe. Sure. If that's too old, then whatever. I'm an idiot, and my young player of the tournament is uh, insert other good young player that goes far enough for me. So um, Giovanni Reina. Maybe uh, you know what? Actually, you know what? I'll uh, I'll throw Jude Bellingham. He's definitely young enough. I'm gonna say Jude. Oh Bellingham yeah, you have them going to the final. He's, absolutely. Yeah, you're... I have them in the final. He's definitely young enough. Well, th- I'll throw Jude Bellingham. I think he's really good. He's tearing City apart just, in Champions this League. Is just, this is just City propaganda. This whole stupid. Oh thing. yeah, it's gonna be real City propaganda when he's playing for us next season. But we'll save that for another man. time. So Andrew, <laughs> we will absolutely bring it up anytime we can. <laughs> that's it andrew that's our that's our world cup predictions so that is it how we see this whole thing unfolding we've got spencer bringing through argentina Messi, gift wrapping england to walk to the final rewarding jude bellingham and of course his little crush on alexander mitrovich didn't go unnoticed there as he gave them the golden boot um that's that's quite a quite a prediction you've got spence I've been pumping as far as Mitrovic. I've been pumping his tires forever, and I'm riding and dying with big old meat. Mitrovic, baby. I'm dying there. And just, yeah, just cut you know, that I, where he's riding or dying with big old meat. Let's just cut it right there. <laughs> it's a beautiful but, sentence. Oh, but man, like uh, I, I, I'll tell you, like we, we talked about it. I'm just, I, I hate, you know, giving England this cakewalk to the final, but. It will be so sweet to just see them lose another final, man. But what about yours, man? Like uh, we we talk about it a yeah. little bit. Like, dude, Spain. Like I am out in the group, and you got them winning the tourney, winning the whole damn thing, man. It's it's not often you can say, hey, this this team, the Spanish team, is not a overwhelming favorite at an international tournament. And I really jumped on that there. I think that midfield is going to be the best midfield in the world. I think Ansu Fadi really comes to play. I think they find some kind of young wingers and attack there, and it, it could be kind of a, a blossoming here for the young Spanish side. 
um, especially kind of beating the previous World Cup winners in France. I think it kind of sets up nicely for France. And like you want to pull the rug on England, I'm happy to pull the rug on uh, rug on France there. Um, outside of that, I think my main thing there is my undying love for the Uruguayans and Fede Valverde. Um, and then I, I do have uh, my boys from Ecuador putting a little run together, putting a little run together in Ecuador. I'll tell you, just at the end of this all, like – We'll probably just end up both looking like idiots. But oh, like, yeah, yeah, there's no chance. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I've got like, I, I mean, like, I'm going to look either like the smartest person ever if Serbia goes on a run. And if they finish like fucking last in their group, I'm just going to look like the biggest fucking ass clown ever. But <laughs> we're putting our asses on the line here, Andrew. And it's just all for you guys. Uh, so be sure oh, give so us excited. a follow, give us a like, give us a review, tell us how stupid we are on Twitter at Fish Fries Pod. Do all that. And um, honestly, this is the fourth podcast of the week. We've been busting them out this week, but we got them coming for you guys still. Like we, to, this isn't the end. This is just the beginning, Andrew. We haven't even kicked a ball yet over in Qatar. We're going to no. be coming at you guys this entire tournament the whole next month. Yeah. Um, just in case you're in case you're very unfamiliar with the World Cup, first game is is between the host nation. Is always host starts with the host nation on Sunday. That'll be your only game Sunday, and then. We are off the deep end here with a United States men's national team game on Monday. The actual game start Monday. Here we go. Here we go. I'm so excited, Andrew. We talked about in the first part of this week, like so happy to see the boys back. Eight years in the making for this uh, blossoming golden American generation. So I, I can't wait to see how they look in a big tournament like this it's it's finally time man it's it's finally upon us we're only what 72 hours away or so from now i, I can't wait man we're uh we're coming <laughs> to you guys right after the game not right after the game a game i believe is at one o'clock but that evening we should be out on monday with a reaction pod to the u.s men's first game at the world cup since 2014 andrew and, we, and we're not going to leave you alone for the long week of travel and everything else. You're going to need a pod for something to do there. So uh, don't worry. We'll get you something a little later in the week to chew on as well. But uh, I think that's going to have to do it for this week. We couldn't possibly podcast anymore, even if you wanted us to. Spencer, what do you think, man? Time to get out of here. I think uh, I'm, I'm proud of everything we put together. We've given you guys just so much, so many stat nuggets throughout the week. You should know everything about every team now, and uh, you know it's time to see how it all plays out in the pitch, and to see if you know we know anything or not. Our credibility is on the line, Andrew, and let's just see how it all plays out, man. But uh, until next week, when we get back to you guys with a little more about this World Cup, we'll talk to you guys then, Andrew. See you, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Go USA. <laughs>